Lash Cast. We love lashes and have a passion to see our industry grow and thrive. On our podcast, we will discuss ideas, explore trends, share secrets, encourage one another, and debunk myths. I'm your host, Paul Lubers, and I'm the general manager at Integrity Lash in Pasadena, California. This is our first ever podcast, and we're very excited to get this off the ground today. Next to me, I have three colleagues at Integrity Lash I work with. Um, I'm going to go around the table here and introduce everyone, and then we'll get into it a little bit, and uh, we'll get through and see what this is going to be like. To my right is Tusney Lubers. She is my business partner and my wife. Across from me is Erica Ramsey. She's been with uh, Integrity Lash for a couple years now, an amazing stylist. Like Tusney, by the way, she is also a, stop, a lash stylist. And to my left is Christina Segura, who has been with us for four years, an amazing lash stylist, and is also one of our managers at our salon. So to start off, we're going to turn my right here. Tusney, tell us a little bit about yourself. And also, here's the thing we want you to share, your most humbling lash moment. Ah, okay. Well, it's nice to be here. Um, this is really fun to do something different. I've uh, been doing lashes for about 12 years. I first started, well, I don't want to say started. I took my first class in 2005. Uh, it was a c convention in Long Beach. I've um, been doing it ever since. So I'd like to share with you one of my most embarrassing moments. Well, it was, it was humbling and very panicking. Uh, I had the privilege of doing lashes for a lady who had invited Michelle Obama to her home to do some fundraising. And it was a really big event. And she came in to get her eyelashes done before. And she had also invited me to go, too. And I was really excited to you know, go see the First Lady. And... As I was doing her lashes, I don't know what happened, but I turned and looked at her, and where her forehead, right on her forehead, was a big swath of black adhesive. You know how we dip our hands in sometimes and get on it? It was the size of a quarter. And I thought, oh my goodness. Okay, so, so I put um, some glue remover on it as I'm working. But it was so thick and so smeared, it was having a real hard time dissolving. And I kept thinking, oh, no, what am I going to do? And this was a woman of, of color. And I knew that if I took off the um, adhe you know, adhesive, there might be discoloration of the skin that you could see. And I'm thinking, oh, no, she's going to meet with the first lady tomorrow. And she's going to have this big patch on her forehead. Well, at the, by the end of the appointment, I had worked off all the adhesive and um, remover, and sure enough, there was a noticeable spot, and I thought, how am I going to get out of this? What am I, is she going to yell at me? And I said, you know what? The good news is that um, I got the adhesive off, and I have this mineral powder. I had a compact, and it had all different colors for all different skin types, and I showed her how to camouflage, a little discoloration. And to her credit, she was so incredibly gracious to me, and she said, you know, no worries. It's fine. And the next day that I saw everyone out there, I, I almost died because I could see a little bit of that discoloration, and I'm <laughs> thinking, you know, here she is, you know, hosting the first lady, um, that was a very humbling moment, and I was really glad that it, it did go well. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. That's Tusney, and uh, across from me, Erica. Hi. This is so exciting. <laughs> uh, my name is Erica Ramsey. I have been doing lashes for actually a little over two and a half years, and I've been at Integrity for almost two. So um, that's just a little bit of my history. Uh, I... 
don't have a funny story <laughs> for a humbling moment. My humbling moment are more moments. Um, I would say that anytime a guest comes back to me with her retention not lasting as long as I would have hoped or expected, I'm always humbled. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. ha, let's see. What's the culprit here? Mm -hmm. Why didn't these last? And, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in later podcasts, but we have um, quite some success with retention at our salon and just with our technique. And so anytime that comes back to me, I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on here? Improve, right? <laughs> yeah, it's mm -hmm. always humbling, but it's good. It should, you know, we got to stay in that place. So that's, that's my humbling Hungry and, hum, or hungry and humble is like how we like to put it. Anyway, to my left, Christina, what about you? Yay, hi. I'm Christina Segura. I've been lashing for five years, four with integrity. Um, and that kind of leads into my most humbling moment was when I interviewed with integrity because I was looking for a new salon because I thought I had made it and I had enough clients. And um, I made this book and it was this book of all my highlights of my work. And so I walk into Integrity with my book. And like I'm a like, portfolio, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. so good. Like, oh, my God, look at my lashes. And Tessany pats me on my head and is like, yeah, these are great. We can definitely work with your abilities. And I didn't realize the humbling moment until I got into the work. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing with my life? So that's why I actually hitched my wagon to this horse and, and started the path. Awesome. Well, today is our first time, so we're going to probably have some bumps and little thing, miscues, but that's okay. We're learning. We're just here to have fun. We're here to talk about lashes and try to do something really new in our industry, which is have an online discussion here with a, hopefully a millions of lash stylists listening at some point. Until then, all five of you there are, you are here. Awesome. Thank you for coming and joining us today. We're going to be covering many different things. And to get things started, we actually have some fan mail, which is pretty pretty amazing, being that we've never had a podcast. <laughs> um, it's from Julie Mongoli from Chula Vista, California, one of my favorite towns in California. She Her um, email, she wrote us, says, love you guys. You're the best. Being that I have never heard your podcast before, what can I expect to hear from you in this coming year on this podcast? Good question. And I put that up, open that up to the floor. What do you guys think? Well, I think that it, you're going to be in for some entertainment. I think uh, we have a lot of funny stories to share and anecdotes that we've gathered over the years. So part of my hope is that it's going to be entertaining and fun to listen to. Another thing is I really want to share... Uh, Last crash. <laughs> Before we got started, I have to just jump in. We were talking about what's the name of this podcast and Tessany's response. It's called Lash Crash. And yeah, Erica's <laughs> like, no, no, no it's <laughs> Lashcraft. Yeah, um, it's yeah, still so not right. Yeah. <laughs> Lashcraft. Lashcraft. What? Lashcraft. Lashcraft. Lash no, lash oh, Lashcash. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Right, okay, there you go. There's the entertaining part, hopefully. But what right. else? Anything else? Um, yeah, I really want to share like insider tips, things that we have learned over the years, um, things that are maybe challenging to the industry norms. We, we do things a little bit differently. Um, and I'd like to share some of our DNA and our thinking mm -hmm. because I think that it can enlighten and um, just add new dimension to what is industry standards cause people to think a little bit and challenge the way that they do things. Yeah, I think um, I 
I hope that this is going to be a great resource to other lash stylists out there and other, you know, guests and clients who are fans maybe. Uh, if anybody's like me, I always call myself Google smart. And so I Google everything because I just want to know. And so even if I didn't do lash extensions, I would be Googling, how do they do this? What is, right. what is this all about? So I think this will be a great resource all around for clients, for um, other stylists. And so... Yeah, that's to know more about how yeah, it exactly. works and just yeah. inform yourself. I want us to be a source of information in the industry, um, kind of break through some of those fallacies out there that are industry perpetuated just because we're such a new sub-industry of the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to make sure that we're getting, we're helping people understand things because it's like a two-day training type of environment and maybe we can break through that. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of myths out there, mm -hmm. so we, I think we want to bust some myths and give a lot of constructive feedback to the whole industry. Yeah, great. I think that I always say the industry, it's kind of like the Wild West right now. There's just yeah. no order. There's a lot of people just doing their own thing in their own little villages or towns, and yet we haven't yet organized as a larger group of people with mm -hmm. set standards and best practices and understanding right. what it really right. takes to be professional in this industry. Or even coming up with a set lexicon, like what do we call... Uh, lashes that stick together. Some people call them stickies. Some people call them kissing. We don't have a standard for that. We so. call them mess. <laughs> yeah. Hot mess. Painful. That's yeah. right. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's something that hopefully we can start this discussion. Create and, a consensus. And help mm -hmm. us create what is the best practice. And we always ask why. Our salon is one of the things we always do is we don't just accept something just because we hear it. Mm -hmm. If someone shares some information with us, we ask why. And we want to encourage everyone who listens mm -hmm. to this podcast to have the same kind of attitude. Don't just take our word for it. Ask why. And we will give you later chances for you to interact with us and challenge us. Mm -hmm. And because we may say things that you haven't heard before, or maybe we are confirming what you have heard, but we want you to feel free to jump into conversation and help further this discussion and really challenge our industry so that we can take it to the next level and continue to grow our industry and not just kind of stay in the status quo. Right. All right. Well, let's move to our first topic. Normally, we're going to have a couple topics at least for each podcast. And as this goes and evolves, it may obviously change. But for today, we have two. Our first topic is, how do you know eyelash extensions were for you? This is really a question for anyone who's listening who's never done lashes before, maybe you're a hair professional, you know, esthetician, you're thinking about jumping into lashes, this is a chance for uh, everyone here to kind of help those people to understand what it is about this industry and what's good about it. And um, if you were to have any advice to give someone who's thinking about doing lashes, what would it be? And what are some of the pros and cons of joining our industry? Very good. Um, well, I, guess, I guess I'll start out. Uh, how did I know eyelash extensions were for me? Well, like I said, the first class that I took was in 2005. Um, and before that, my first exposure to eyelashes was in beauty school. At the time, we didn't have the individuals. They were the clusters. And you're supposed to put them on with a latex-based adhesive, just like you would strips. They're designed to be put on temporarily, and then it's water-soluble, so you can just remove them in a couple of days. But our instructors handed us a bottle of you know, like a cyanoacrylate, uh, a per semi-permanent adhesive, and said, go to town. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. And I'm doing everybody's lashes, and people are all lined up because they're like, oh, this makes such a big difference. A week later, it did. It did make a great difference. But 
because those lashes are a cluster and they're designed to go on many lashes, not just one, what happened was the bases got glued together. So even a week later, people were coming up to me and going, oh, it doesn't eat my my eyes, they're just so painful. And I thought, yeah, they are really painful. And all I want to do is just claw them out. Mm-hmm. And I did. We clawed them out because, you know, we're in beauty school. And the instructors, like, removed them, but they didn't have the remover. You know what it's like. Um, so I thought to myself, okay, these lashes are great. They make everyone look more beautiful. But the problem is the products because the glue, you can really feel it. I mistakenly thought it was the products. And I said to myself, I'm just going to wait until something better comes along. Uh, fast forward several years, that's when I heard, oh, you got to go check this new uh, technique out, these individual eyelash extensions. And a light bulb went off in my head and said, oh, they must have new products and new glues that are soft and, you know, that kind of thing. So I took that class, and I was excited, and I knew that it was going to be a hit because, simply put, eyelashes make every human being look more attractive. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want that? I mean, that is like catnip for a cat, but like for a woman, you know, you, <laughs> if you can look more beautiful, who's not going to want do that and pay any price for it? So I thought, you know, now it was back in 2005, nobody knows what eyelash extensions are, but I just had this vision that it was going to be a really big industry changer and I could see them just like acrylic nails were once unknown but now you see them on every corner that was my vision so I knew that it was going to be a lasting service that could make a difference in in people's lives and their Mm -hmm. their views of themselves um that's that's how I knew you know it was it was for me um but in terms of actually doing the actual work I found it really really fun um as a kid, I was always the one that was doing kind of crafts, beading or making jewelry or embroidery, that kind of thing. Small, repetitive motions that would put together would make something amazing. And that's kind of what doing lashes is. It's like doing a craft, making art, one small movement at a time, one small repetitive motion, mm-hmm. and you put it all together and it can be transformative. And it just hit that sweet spot of uh, industry and working quietly and, you know, working one-on-one with one person to create something of lasting beauty. So it just hits all those sweet spots for me. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. I, um, I, well, I have a history Mm -hmm. in makeup. I've been a makeup artist for several years. And so I've just, I've loved the whole beauty industry for as long as I can remember. I have memories of my aunt coming over and me dumping out her purse and getting all the makeup. And, you know, I was, I grew up in the eighties and nineties and she would let me put blue frosty eyeshadow just all (laughs) over her eyes. And so, I mean, I was five years old and and so I grew up just like loving all of it and loving the whole beauty world. And, and so, um, when I decided to go get my esthetician license, um, I, Lashes aren't actually part of state board yet, Mm -hmm. so you don't learn about lashes Mm -hmm. in cosmetology or esthetician school, which hopefully one day will change because there are a a lot of things that, you know, you need to know and do well as a lash artist. So um, we had one day in in school where my teacher was like, hey, do you guys ever want to know about like lash extensions? Are you interested in that? You know, it's not part of state board, but I have like a kit we could practice on a doll head and and so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we all did it. And 
um, it's, I actually forgot this story until today when we were just thinking about this and I'm like, oh, this is like, this is really where it all began for me. So we were practicing on a doll head and it was, it was like second nature to me, like just finding that lash on the fake strip of lashes and using their janky tweezers, <laughs> trying to like <laughs> stick it on there. Mm-hmm. It just was like, I don't know, it just really clicked. And so I always had that in the back of my head, but of course, you know, I got my license and I started doing facials and waxing and more makeup and, and it didn't just one day I needed another service to add to my toolkit that would set me apart from other estheticians at my salon. And so I went and I got my, my training and, um, and then started doing them. And, but really when I knew they were for me was probably not until like a year after doing lashes Mm. where I felt like, okay, this, this really is becoming something that, you know, I know all the basics and I know the vision that I have and now it's like fun. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, just to touch on the second point about advice for people looking into doing lashes. Um, I think training is my best advice to give is to really invest in training. And hopefully we see some different trends in the industry to offer training that is longer than two mm-hmm. days because mm-hmm. that's what we all kind of got. And it's not nearly there's, it's so involved. There's so much to it that it's really hard to cover in two days. And I think that's a disservice to our industry. And so training, 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 that's my advice for sure. If I could just yeah. um, dovetail off of what you said, one of the things that I could encourage people to do that if they're thinking about doing lashes, um, the first thing is to understand soberly that Whenever you learn any new skill, it takes time. Yeah. And the first time that you pick up a pair of tweezers and you're looking at the lashes is not the best gauge of if this is gonna you're gonna do well in it or not, because the very first times that you're doing it, you're gonna feel like you just you want to quit. Yeah, your yeah. hands are all <laughs> thumbs. I have a saying that you're you're gonna feel like your fingers are potatoes and you're working with potato fingers because you just don't have as much control as you as you think. So my 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 advice is that you're not allowed to judge yourself yeah. until you have some experience under your belt because it just takes time. Mm-hmm. So you have to be kind to yourself when you're learning. Yeah. So even a one-day training, you'd say, is not enough time for you to oh, evaluate no. if that's right. what, if it's for you. No, no way. Yeah. I would, yeah, I definitely would have quit a yeah. long time ago mm-hmm. if I hadn't really... Actually, really, if I hadn't gone to Integrity and yeah. gotten the training through Integrity, right. I definitely would have quit. It's just too, it's too hard. It's lonely. And it is lonely when it's you're just lonely. doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when anybody joins our team, one of the things that I will tell them after um, the interview process, and I've explained that the training is very hard, um, and once they do have their first couple of days in training, the first mm-hmm. thing that I tell them is you are not allowed to judge yourself until we have finished the training process because mm-hmm. what happens a lot of times is people really do get discouraged and they think, I just can't do it. I cried. Yeah. I you, cried for a month every day after work. <laughs> <laughs> just cried. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis, I can't do this. Because despite your best intentions, And I came just, in the best. <laughs> yes. With your little book. That's yes. right. <laughs> so you're not allowed to make judgment on yourself. All mm-hmm. you have to do is keep showing up Agreed. every day and say yes. Yes. Because... It's not going to kick in until you've got some some road underneath mm-hmm. your your tires, or road underneath <laughs> your belt. Mixed goes. metaphors there. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Uh, you know, for me, 
the lash industry is a couple careers down the line for me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't always, beauty wasn't always at the forefront for me, but I always knew in whatever I was doing, I wanted to look the best and, and, and have the best whatever on my face. Um, so <laughs> when I went to beauty school, I went to beauty school for cosmetology and I got out and I knew brows was going to be my focus. And one day somebody came in with these gorgeous lashes. I'm like, oh my God, your lashes are so good. She's like, they're not mine. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and this is back when it really wasn't that known. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, oh, you know, they're extensions and this is where you get them. I was like, okay. So I looked it up to get them done. Then I saw that price and I was like, okay, wait. I need to think about this. Like, maybe this is my next career. This is where I should be going. And so I looked into it. I took one of those big classes. It was a two-day training. I'm a woman with a family. I didn't have any room for error. This was going to be my next career. And that's what I did. I took the couple clients I had in hair, and I practiced on them, and they became pain. And then I put up a sign in my little salon. Well, not my salon, but the salon that I worked at. He let me put up a banner on the street. Luckily, we were on a really busy street, and people started calling. And that's how I built the business and made my book. And mm -hmm. and it just it just happened from there. And it was so so good because you get to make people feel good and and they leave and they're happy and it's that instant gratification for both of us they close their eyes they open their eyes they're wowed mm -hmm. and i'm happy mm -hmm. that was what was important to me mm -hmm. um as far as advice i'm really um i'm a really competitive person you guys <laughs> don't know that yet but everybody in the room does mm -hmm. and i'm mostly competitive with myself i don't compete mm -hmm. with other people i just want to be the best version of me whoever that is at that moment um so don't give up. Like that's my main advice. And you don't necessarily need at this point, we've come so far as an industry and there's so many reputable girls out there, women doing lashes and they're doing it well. Um, if you do a little research, you don't need to pay thousands and thousands of dollars. Like I think we all did to take these classes. Um, you can get that same kind of mentorship in a different way nowadays that that wasn't there for when I think any of us started. Um, some of the pros and cons for what I personally endured in the industry when I started, um, a huge con for me is it's really lonely. Like it's a really lonely thing to be in when you're by yourself. Um, being part of a team has been really exciting and you kind of push each other. Um, a pro, a huge pro for me is that I make other people feel good. Like I love to make people happy and this is a really great way to do it. And, you know, you get to see people and, and really become family with them. Um, but it's hard work. It's probably the most physical thing I've ever done in my life, to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think either of you shared a pro or did. con. Did you guys have anything yeah. you want to jump in and add to the conversation? Yeah. Um, you can go. Okay. Well, I was going to say <laughs> one of the cons is um, because it's a newer industry, just like we introduced in the beginning, because it's new, it's a little bit like the Wild West. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't, you know, we're working on that lexicon. We're working on standards. and. Um, like the hair industry is very well defined. Right. I mean, there's new things coming up, but you know, we you kind of know what to expect. And there's, there's options no, for yeah. education yeah. from mm -hmm. different trains of thought. Mm -hmm. uh, there's people that have studied the physiology of the hair, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of track record and a lot of data on how uh, different services and different chemicals and processes work. We're in the infancy stages with lashes, mm -hmm. and so sometimes you'll see something put out there like maybe on Instagram or on um, the forums uh, that might have a little truth in it, but 
but not quite the full story. Um, so, so right now, because of that, you, you can get misinformation. It, there's a lot of it out there. So there's, there's not a lot of, um, I don't know, consistency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true, and that ties into Chris's point of it being a lonely industry is you just don't know where to go for information. Mm-hmm. And so there's all kinds of information, and then you're doing it alone. And that was my story mm-hmm. when I was doing it alone, and I would just go to, you know, I'm Google smart, so I'd go and Google everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's it really is true. I, I would say that's a really big con right now. Right. Um, I think it's a pro and a con because it's a muscle we should always be working, but patience is one of the number one things you need to do or need to have to succeed really for this industry. Most of the uh, information out there and the training is, um, it's, it's not unbiased, meaning that it's coming from either uh, a a distributor or somebody who has Mm -hmm. a vested stake in either selling their products or their training. So uh, while the information may be, you know, legit, where is it for the consumer to say um, that it's not influenced by wanting to sell more uh, glue or pads or the training? Um, like, you know, when we go to a, a convention, lots of times there are um, free education. Uh, but the gold standard for education is if it's not manufacturer-based. Because if it's manufacturer-based or distributor-based, Mm-hmm. there's kind of an implication that they're trying to sell their products. So you don't know how unbiased their their views are. So you don't really have a lot of that here. There are some people that have written books and, and pamphlets and things like that, but it's usually coming from one point of view. And you also mm-hmm. don't know where they're getting that information that they're pushing out there. There's no legislation or requirements on yeah. what can be said and what can't be said and right we're unregulated so right right i mean that's changing mm-hmm. we've got a couple states now uh, i know texas, texas and illinois that require an additional you know it's it's a specific license just like manicuring is um there's some thought about you know some people are for it some people are against it, and i happen to be for it because I think that it's a good idea, more specific information. Right now in the state of California, there's not, like you said, Erica, you you, you can do it as a cosmetologist or an esthetician. You're, mm-hmm. I know that some manicurists do it, but it's actually not covered under the license. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be either an esthetician or a cosmetologist to do that. Yeah. All right, great. I think we got our first topic in the can. Let's move on to the second one. This is one that is easily the most discussed topic mm-hmm. on any Facebook group I've ever seen um, on Instagram. There's lots of information that's out there that we would say is not fully thought out or maybe we're just repeating what other people are saying, which is not always a good idea. Sometimes it's good to actually try to go to a source and find out uh, really what's going on, but that's all right. That's why we're going to talk about here today. And the question is this, what is the best glue to use in industry and why. All right, so I'm going to jump on in and take this one. All right. Um, well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um, we're, we're not brand loyal at Integrity Lash. Uh, all adhesives, eyelash adhesives, are made of pretty much the same thing. There are cyanoacrylates. And, um, well, let me back up a little bit. The reason why I'm not 
brand loyal is because it doesn't matter so much, in my opinion, what brand name you use for the adhesive. It is more, what's more important is the technique. Mm -hmm. When, you know, actually I heard this um, on another podcast. Somebody asked Stephen King, you know, what, um, he was in a forum, a writer's convention. He's known to go to these things. And they said, the number four question that he's always asked is, Stephen King, what kind of pencil do you use? And the funny thing is about that is like, well, does you think that makes a difference? Do you think that if you two use a Ticonderoga number two pencil that you're going to create the same kind of literary genius that Stephen King does? Um, the answer is no. It's just like if you at, were to ask Michelangelo what kind of paints he used to paint the Sistine Chapel, does that mean that you're going to be able to paint like Michelangelo? No. Mm -hmm. What's more important than the name of the adhesive or the brand is the technique that's used to work that adhesive to the best of its properties. There are adhesives that have a higher viscosity or a lower one. There's ones that dry faster, slower. What works best is what works best for your client and for your needs. Mm -hmm. um, they're all basically kind of the same, like a pencil. There are probably some different nuances. Some pencils have wax in it to make it go a little bit smoother. Some have more graphite in it, that kind of thing. You can use, my belief is that you can use any kind of adhesive. Um, you just have to figure out the properties that you're trying to work with. Um, I don't think that it's important to use just one brand. Yeah, and that's why we don't. We, we're always looking for different um, adhesive. We're always testing new products out because there's just different properties and like different color paints, different bases. It just depends on, on, on mm -hmm. the challenge that you have in front of you. You probably have in your dark regions of your, of your room hundreds of bottles, it seems yeah, like, of okay. adhesive over the years. So I, you've tried a ton of glue over the years. And have found there's yeah. you, you have your favorites, but it's not like these glues are all bad and these glues are well. Good. In the very beginning, um, I really liked Novalash uh, because in the very beginning, one of the things that I liked about them uh, is that um, it had like a, a rubberized molecule in it, it made it a little bit uh, uh, bouncier, you know. Um, but if I look back and honestly think about it, that was just one of uh, a marketing thing. And I really liked that. You know, I really liked Novalash's marketing, but I also liked the adhesive. It was a little bit more viscous. Um, and that worked for me at the time because I was, uh, learning and it needed a little bit more give as I was, you know, need a little bit more time in order mm -hmm. to apply the adhesive. But as, you know, as I grew, things changed. I wanted something that cured a little bit faster. Uh, maybe wasn't as thick. And then also in the beginning, I didn't quite understand that there is a dynamic happening which changes the way that the glue performs, and that dynamic is humidity. Mm -hmm. uh, the way that the adhesive bonds, it, it, it bonds by um, connecting with hydrolyzed ions, which is just basically water. There's a layer of water over all surfaces. And the way that the cyanacrylate um, cures basically is it binds with those hydrolyzed ions and that uh, causes the polymer chains inside the adhesive to link up and form this hard waterproof bond. Um, and so on days that were 
high humidity, uh, what happens is because there's more water in the air and on the lashes, it creates more of an instant bond. On days that there's less, it's drier, it's, there's hard, not enough water to pull, you don't see as much bonding really fast. You'll put the lash on, then you'll move, and then you go back to it. And where before it would be bonded, it might be moved. You might have moved it or you have to fix mm -hmm. with it. And in the beginning, I was so inexperienced that I didn't know what that phenomenon was. And I would say, oh, this company changed the formula. And I remember getting on the phone being so angry. You changed the formula. I know you did. It behaves <laughs> different now. Now there's flanges everywhere, you know, like... Uh, and, and it was just a not understanding that there is just fluctuations um, that happen in the day. To that point, though, I'm on a bunch of different lash groups, and they'll say, I've been lashing for two months. I don't know what's going on. Um, what kind of glue? Is it my glue? Is it the glue? Is it the right. adhesive? What's happening? And it's just that an experience where they don't realize right. it, and they're throwing out that adhesive when really maybe it's just better at a different humidity level That's or, right. you know, but it's who can you go to to ask that? Right. right. And any newbies out there, you know you're having humidity issues where the humidity is too high when your little dot of lash glue, it gets tacky way sooner than it usually mm -hmm. does. Yeah. Or stringy. So when, yeah, or stringy. Like you lift your lash off and the glue comes, mm -hmm. the adhesive comes with it. Um, and so, yeah, for any new people out there, that's what, right. that's what we mean. I would recommend everybody getting a, um, little, um, barometer. Yeah. It's a little humidity detector. Mm -hmm. I can't, you can get them on Amazon. Every, um, room that we have in, in our salons got one. Um, and more manufacturers are beginning to tell you the sweet spot, what, which particular glue, uh, what humidity that they need. Mm -hmm. We find that that sweet spot is between 40 and 50%. Um, we also have in every room an, an ultrasonic humidifier. Uh, you can use um, just cold water with it, and it, it, it gets the, the mo water molecules in the air. It, it kind of takes the place of a mm -hmm. nanomister. Nanomisters have been available. Um, and, and while they, they do the same job, I think the humidifier is a little bit easier because it's hands-free. It's mm -hmm. continuous. Mm -hmm. You don't have to keep picking it up. And because it's more diffuse and the area that it's dispensing the water, um, you have less chance of um, the shock happening when if the adhesive gets too much water too quickly, it can change the way that that, that adhesive bonds and cause it to be more brittle. So I f think that you have a little bit less a chance of that happening if you have the humidifier. We um, have gotten ours at um, Bed Bath and Beyond. It looks like a teardrop. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of kind of cool. Cute. Yeah. yeah, people like it also too because it's comforting. It, mm -hmm. it adds that cool cool water. Kind of a um, spa environment yeah. feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do have to change it. You know, change the water every day. Yeah. We had a mishap once in our salon where <clears throat> we had all the water bottles um, and, and bottle gallons in one place and. One of the solutions was uh, for one of the, the ultrasonic cleansers, and somebody because it's clear, they put that ultrasonic cleanser in the uh, in the um, uh, ultra, uh, in the humidifier, and so one of the gals in the room was like, "Oh, I, I just there's something toxic in my room. I just I feel like I'm sick." It we it took us a little while to figure out somebody had put a toxic poison. Somebody else. <laughs> I, I think they put the quats once. Yeah, it was maybe that's what it was. It was quats. <laughs> okay, so no, that's what huh. it formed a new Bad policy idea. for us is that we put uh, tape 
um, like red striped tape on top of the uh, water bottles uh, that have poisonous chemicals in it because you know you can see you can't if you're in a hurry and you know it's easy to make a mistake. We were trying to kill Christina. (laughs) Uh, That actually was Christina. (laughs) (laughs) She's the most allergic person in the room. Poisoning Christina. That was awesome. Back to the adhesive though, really quickly. Um, what I realized something for us is like we we're using one right now that is taking at times a little longer to cure than others. And that's probably better for our mm-hmm. newer girls in the salon. Like, that's let's right. give that to them yeah. because that would um, that would uh, help them out. Where it hinders somebody who has a little bit more experience, it's harder. And you're, you know, so it's also another thing when you're on those lash forums. Hey, I've only been lashing a month or two, and you're asking somebody who has this gorgeous set, what kind of uh, adhesive are you using? She's going to tell you. And you're not going to get the same um, wear or use mm-hmm. from it because it might dry too fast. I show right. the newer girls something and they're like, I can't, women, I show, I'm sorry. I show the newer um, lash artist something. They're like, I can't get that. And everything gets stuck. Yeah. You know, and those are things I think I actually had problems when I started with you. You were like, you can't see this. You can't see this. Just yeah. do it like this. And I was like, I, I, my fingers don't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, it kind of goes back to the same concept about um, when I first started, mistakenly thinking that it's the glue or mm-hmm. the products that make the difference. Mm-hmm. And that's one, if you can take wh- one thing away, that's what I want you to understand. It's not the product that guarantees a successful service. Mm-hmm. It is the technique. It is the application. It is how you use that material. So... Um, it's more important. It's not a one size fit fits all. You have to work on the technique and work to use um, whatever glue you use within the parameters that it that it's made so that it can perform awesome. It's right. just it's not just the product though. Yeah. So we do have some that we feel like one size fits most though, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm, that's right. So yeah, my favorite is. Um, Lash Bomb Bomb Diggity Adhesive. Yeah. I also yeah. just really like to say that. I li- yeah, I like <laughs> it. Uh, another thing that we we have been doing more of is that we issue, we have like two different glues mm-hmm. that um, one person can use at a time. And I do recommend having two different glues at your station mm-hmm. yeah. for whatever reason, because like we said earlier, it's a dynamic force that, that affects the way that the glue works, the humidity, the temperature. And if you dispense... Uh, a drop of glue and you're just not having good luck with it, my advice is dr- uh, open an, another bottle and dispense another drop of adhesive right next to it and see how that one performs. You might get yeah. a little bit better tackiness, uh, mm-hmm. whatever issues that you're having. Um, and date your bottles. That's helped me. That's I mean, right. we we go through adhesive bottles really quickly, but to date, put a date on it helps mm-hmm. you like, mm-hmm. oh, why is this so like stringy and mm-hmm. that's right been open for three months <laughs> yeah. yeah but we also don't store things in rice we don't put them in the fridge yeah. we don't do any of those things mm-hmm. and it might just because we do go through them so fast but that's we don't right. do those right well we do have some uh standards with with our adhesive like um 
one of the things that you should do after you dispense that bottle uh, drop of glue is you should burp it, <laughs> for, for, for lack of a better word. Um, squeeze the bottle. There's usually a tiny little bit of air in it, and it forces that little residue that's in the tip just to come out. Mm -hmm. And once you kind of burped it and it kind of spills out onto the tip a little bit, wipe that off. We have um, You want to wipe it off with a, with a cloth. Um, be careful because... Uh, Lots of cyanoacrylate on uh, cotton fiber can cause heat, can cause smoke, but the tiniest little bit is 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 good from keeping it to get in the cap, and and leaking out. Uh, another thing to do is tightly close that cap all the way and store it upright because if it falls over and it's not completely stored, it's going to mm -hmm. spill out into the cap and create more issues. Once the adhesive has dried. It kind of acts like a catalyst. If you've ever noticed, when you dispense one drop of glue and you put a new one next to it, mm -hmm. the new glue wants to gravitate towards it. It crawls like a magnet towards the cured adhesive. If you connect um, a new drop with an old, it causes the new adhesive to catalyze faster. faster mm -hmm. yeah. So when you're dispensing, make sure that those drops aren't touching mm -hmm. because so anyway if you have a big bunch of glue on your uh, tip it's going to cause the new glue that's in the base of the bottle oh, wow. to yeah to to get thick in the middle and sometimes um that will it, it will it will sh shoot the life of your um it'll go through it faster it, your, your glue won't last as much as long uh, well, another thing too is to look like going back when you said about the um, humidity. I know that um, Sugar Lash puts on their website the levels on which their glue is uh, useful at for which humidity. Mm -hmm. They have one that's really broad. I mean, it's, it goes down to like I think 20, 25 percent, and then they have another one that's a little bit more specialized, like 40 to 55 percent. So, I, I think we're going to see that trend continue, where more people understand what the humidity levels are for their glue, and they're going to mm -hmm. post that. And that's important. And that way, you can have a couple glues. If you know that one's kind of like your broad spectrum glue, you could say, and then the other one's a little bit more refined. Uh, like for instance, right now, if you're down the south. Um, and back east too mm -hmm. with all the humidity it's going to be right. tough yeah, it's going to be right. a tough uh, gig and I think um, people are going to see that we're going to need at some point to start working in with the AC um, controlling control. not just the temperature but controlling the, the humidity, humidity. Mm -hmm. right. that's something we've looked into it's extremely expensive yeah. mm -hmm. and at some point it would make a lot more sense if we were to open the salon down in the south I'd almost make that an absolute right. we have to be able to have a controlled environment where we can control humidity and not have it spike going yeah. up and down that would right. be really really difficult so while we don't do things like store it in rice or store it in the refrigerator um, because we're in Los Angeles, which is a desert. Uh, if we did go to the south, that might, might be something that we need to do because the reason why you start in rice is to keep it um, dry. Uh, the rice is going to absorb mm -hmm. the water. That's why some glue uh, manufacturers will dispense their product with a little um, silica sachet, you know, mm -hmm. the one that says mm -hmm. do not eat. Uh, why? Because the <laughs> the <laughs> adhesive um, is cured by water. So if you are um, diligent about keeping that water out, it's going to extend the life. So if you live in an area that is very humid, um, that might be appropriate. Just because we don't do that doesn't mean that it's not mm -hmm. good for, for you in whatever mm -hmm. area that you're in. Okay. I think that 
covers our second topic is done. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to go to the last thing. This is our bonus round since we have a little bit more time to go with here. Um, this is something we may not always do, but we, I'm calling it Lash Busters. Um, this is a place where you guys get to talk about a lash tip. Mm -hmm. So something that you yeah. do that helps to make people's lives better. Um, I'm not sure why it's called Lash Busters for that purpose, but it sounded yeah. really cool for, this is a work for in marketing. Process. It's a work in yes. progress. It just sounded really cool because I always loved myth, myth, bust, uh, myth Busters. Anyhow, so we'll start with uh, Erica. What's yeah. your last tip? Well, mine actually, I have two because I just thought of a new one while Tessany was talking. Mm -hmm. My What I have found really, really, really helpful with my adhesive and keeping glue out of the little tip is after I burp the bottle, mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the funniest place. <laughs> <laughs> after I squeeze the air out, I actually straighten a, out a paper clip and mm -hmm. I stick a paper clip down mm -hmm. the little, whatever you want to call that, the little tip of the, the bottle. Nozzle. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and then that gets all of the adhesive out, mm. it like kind of cleans it out. Yeah. And I used to have so many problems where the cap would just be glued on and, mm -hmm. or I couldn't squeeze any glue out because there'd be dried, dried mm -hmm. up adhesive still left in there. So that has totally eradicated that problem. And then I stick the paper clip in my little jar of acetone, which mm -hmm. is my second tip. Um, something that I learned from Tessany is we use a little jar of acetone with a sponge in it that we keep one tweezer in at all times. So right. each time we start a service, we have a little sterilized pouch of tools and we get three tweezers in each each pouch. And so one tweezer always lives in the acetone and that cleans the adhesive off like right. none other. Right. And that makes you quicker, mm -hmm. a lot quicker. Because you don't have to wait until the solvent dissolves right. the adhesive. So you've always got three. So that's another thing that helps with yeah. speed. And when I was taught, when I was did my uh, two-day training, um, they had they had us like, oh, if you get adhesive on the tip of your tweezer, you just scrape it off with, off with the other tweezer, mm -hmm. which is like the word, like, yeah. it's it's not the best advice, especially if you have diamond-tipped right. tweezers like we use at the salon. We would be ruining all of our tweezers if we did that, so we, mm -hmm. we can't. That's so, right. So, yeah. When I first started, this is a little story, I um, had a, a block of sandpaper that I... <gasps> It was like an adhesive sandpaper that I stuck on this like bar, and what I would do was like sharpening knives. No. After, <laughs> yes, after I did the lashes, I would swipe that thing oh. on my little like my little, and I thought, oh, this is pretty handy. But what happened is those tweezers got so incredibly sharp, <laughs> so sharp. I mean, this was back in the day when we weren't using oh fine tweezers; they were like mega yeah, prehistoric. Yeah chopsticks almost <laughs> so um and then you know then every now and then i'd get a grain of that sandpaper on the tip and i'm like there's got to be a better way to do it um so if anybody is interested um you can go to a beauty supply or a nail supply mm -hmm. and ask for a brush cleaning jar a brush cleaning jar has like a little grid on the bottom um so it's a, it's got a little place for the brush to rest in but it's you fill it up with acetone or thinner or solvent, and it won't dissolve the plastic. You have mm -hmm. to be careful because if you put acetone in certain plastics, it'll just completely melt, and it can ruin furniture and all that kind of stuff. Um, if you don't go to a nail supply, you can also go to, like, an Asian 
restaurant supply or like Daiso or, or the dollar store and get a little condiment jar, like uh, one that's got a little lid on it and a little notch for a little spoon to go in. Um, if you get, you have to check, check the sponges because some will melt with the acetone. We happen to use the ones from Daiso. They've got a little, um, uh, like a, a scotch bright, a scrubby at the bottom and the foam at the mm -hmm. top. Um, we, we put the scrubby part towards the bottom so that if you're putting your tweezer in past, it's not going to damage them if you hit the ceramic. Uh, the little lid helps keep the evaporation down and it's got that little notch there so that you can just put one tweezer in at a time. So and it sounds cute. Daiso. That's right. Daiso. One day we'll have to do a whole thing about Daiso because oh, Tesla loves Daiso. Well, Daiso. speaking of Daiso, here's my oh, my no. my next tip. <laughs> um, what do you glue, uh, dispense the glue on? In the very beginning, what we were shown was using the jade stone, mm -hmm. and you know you'd start doing that jade stone, and and by the end of the week you'd have this massive, looks like black glue all over it, and then you'd have to soak it. And then I thought, oh, I'm just gonna get many jade stones and always have one in the acetone. And then you you think, oh, I'll just use a, the wrapper from the uh, gel pads or I'll put a piece of tape on the uh, jade stone. Um, some um, lash supplies have a, an adhesive disc. It's like a silicone mm -hmm. um, and you can put, a, it's like a sticker and you can put that on. But what we use, and it's really inexpensive, is a Japanese double-sided tape. Um, it's not like the American kind where it's one transparent sheet of um, tape that's sticky on both sides. It's almost like um, fashion tape or, you know, the kind that you wear to keep your clothes in place. One side is sticky and then it's got a peel on it. At Daiso, they're $1.50 um, and you get this big uh, wheel of it and you just dispense uh, like an inch of it and stick it on your jade stone, if you will. And then you dispense the glue right on the back of the uh, wax paper, um, and it's completely resistant. I mean, if you want, you can just peel it off and put a new one down, um, or you can let it dry and just use your fingernail just to kind of flick that little circle off, and it'll be completely new yeah. again. So yeah, that's awesome. That way you don't have to um, soak it. And also... Um, by dispensing it on that uh, surface, what happens is it creates, um, the surface tension makes the adhesive form a ball or a dome. So it's easier to work with. If mm -hmm. you dispense the glue straight onto a jade stone or a crystal stone, it flattens out. Right. And it's hard to make the most, it's not as, as efficient. So right. if you put it on, yeah. You know what we could do is we can um, maybe post a picture of the tape. Oh, on our Instagram, yeah. so yeah. that way you guys yeah. can check it out at Integrity yeah. Lash. And you well, can actually, see. what we'll do is we have two accounts. We have our Instagram for Integrity Lash, which is mostly focused on our work as mm -hmm. a lash stylist. Um, that's not including me, by the way. I'm not a lash stylist. Uh, but the other one is we do have integrity underscore lash biz. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be our really our main place where we will be posting tips and information and helping people with their um, professional careers. So I think that's where we'll post it. We'll okay. go over that again at the end. And I just made a note that we'll post a, a photo of that on there so you can go and look at that yeah. and you can always also get in contact with us and we can help point you in the right direction and show you where your local Daiso mm -hmm. is which I think is not national yet but they will be someday yeah. this, this episode is not over. sponsored yeah. by Daiso yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not being paid by Daiso sorry not by Lash Bomb not by anyone not yet no <laughs> anyhow how about you Chris 
Uh, you know, I actually also have two. One was a little bit just about ethics, and the other is actually a tip. Um, but ethically speaking, I think it's important that we don't put down other stylists' work. Oh. You know, so when we get somebody Amen. who comes in from another salon, and and I see this a lot on social media where people are like, not my work, not my work. You know, she went to somebody who's doing this wrong. And two reasons for that. A, it's not doing anything to help the industry grow. Um, it's it's just putting out negative vibes. It's so like B, Yeah, and also you're making that your guest feel as though they did something wrong. You know, mm. if you show them the picture and you say, oh, look what she did. Like, how could you keep going back to her? You know, when we do that, um, we never just because of the type of work we do, we never take another, a guest who already has lashes on. We consider that a removal with a new full set. Um, and we're allowed that time to do that. Um, but even when I have that guest in my chair and I'm like, why are you here? Like what, what happened with your past lash stylist? And she's like, Oh, well this or that, you know, and she talks about how the bad the work is. I'll just say, you know, I'll let you know what I see and let's work on getting it better. You know, it's never, I don't ever want to bash anybody because we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like it's low hanging fruit Mm -hmm. to diss somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, um, like I had to learn this by going through this and saying, what kind of person do I want to be? And Mm -hmm. I remember in the very beginning uh, as, as uh, of my career as a beauty professional, you do have these moments when you realize you do have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Um, the person that you're working on has given you a lot of trust, and they may be coming in from a, a situation where they're not happy. And because we all want to belong, we all, we all want to, to be respected for our service, the temptation is to give in to that, yeah, that was really bad work because the client's already there. Mm-hmm. She's already leading you into why she thinks this this wasn't a good thing. And and I want to encourage us all to not take that low-hanging fruit for acceptance with that client. It's not. It may be true that the work is really bad. I mean, it may be the worst that you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I think that we can grow more in our own skill and in our own professionalism if we don't take that one of the things that we can say is these are the things that I see were done right or, you know, it's not as bad as you may think. This is something that we can fix. One of the things that I'm going to make sure that I'm doing is I'm going to bond it completely isolated from from the other lashes. Mm -hmm. But to take that opportunity and not uh, run with it in terms of, you know, bashing somebody else but use it to grow your own skills to to help the client to see something better um i I think that's that's more sharpening Mm -hmm. and more instructive than than taking that temptation to just bash somebody else so So what i'll do in that instance is i'll take a photo when they come in Mm -hmm. we'll remove the lashes show them look your lashes are still in great condition or, you know, maybe there's a little spot here that we'll work on, but it's never, oh yeah, she was awful. Right. I I think that everyone kind of goes through that when they Mm -hmm. first start. I even remember back in 2005 that the company that I first trained with, um, on, in their, um, instruction manual, there were pictures like this is bad work. And, 
um, what I realized later was that that picture of the bad work was just work that one of the trainers had done and it had grown out. And they used the picture to say this is bad work before. It's just a, it's, it's a human temptation to mm -hmm. say, you know, they're trying to say, don't go there, have loyalty to me because I'm not going to do this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that it's more instructive not to go down that path. Mm -hmm. But we've all been there, so. Okay, and then one more. Um, the one thing that I find is really important, and it might have been my missing piece before I came to integrity, but it was loops. We use medical grade loops at every appointment to really make sure we're doing the right work. Yeah, it allows you to see the lashes that mm -hmm. your bare naked eye really can't see, especially the baby lashes or if they're blonde. Mm -hmm. Those loops really help those to stand out, and that's something right. that we found. Once you start using them, yeah. you just can't go back. Absolutely. Well, for us, the basis is getting uh, hitting every target. That's mm -hmm. what we call... Uh, creating the the perfect bond and in order to hit that target perfectly you have to see the base of the follicle mm -hmm. you have to see where it's emerging from the skin so that you can put it at the right angle the only way that you can ensure that uh, is with the uh, help of optics and special lighting uh, when I first started I was just doing it with bare eyes then I switched to readers this is before I needed them actually and uh, it really helped to see. Some people's lashes and some people's anatomies, they might have a very hooded eye, very fleshy eye. The, the eyes might be really deep set. You might not really be able to see where those follicles start. Mm -hmm. In order to do your work seamlessly, I, I really think it's prime importance to be able to see that. So the only way you can is with, with loops. Some people will use like a, a magnifying thing. Um, that, that will work still too. The reason why we like loops is because the working distance um, doesn't, it, it pretty much, it stays fixed. And sometimes it's, it's hard to use the little uh, visors that have a little uh, lens in there. It's just, a, it's a little uh, more, um, it's an easier to use optic, I guess. I have a couple tips myself. One I'm just going to say is in general, since I'm the business side at Integrity and I work with the front desk, um, one of the things I like to tell my front desk to do when they answer the phone is when you're talking, smile. Because what happens when you're smiling, you just sound happy, more engaged. When you don't smile, you get into what I call robot mode and you do, you know, you answer the phone, Integrity Lash, this is Paul, how can I help you? And it just doesn't sound very inviting or friendly. Like so that. we like to encourage our staff to do that. That's one thing that we find that really helps them to have a little bit more engagement and to be welcoming when people call our salon. Another thing, too, I just want to let people know, we talked about adhesive earlier, what we're brand loyal to or what we're not brand loyal to. There are companies that you can get lash adhesive for a very affordable price compared to what you get here in the United States. People may not know, but that most of the companies here in the United States are not actually manufacturers themselves. They either buy it from overseas, Korea, China, or Vietnam, or they might manufacture locally. And they have a there's these places all over the United States that produce you know everything from makeup to glues and all that. And they have set formulas, so they you just go in, hey, I'd like to get your adhesive for lashes, and they go, oh yeah, this is a set formula we have, and you can buy it, and they'll bottle it for you. But the glues are really cheap when they buy it. They're buying one, two, three, five dollars for a bottle. And then they turn around, unfortunately, <laughs> and sell it for like seventy to a hundred dollars. 
So if you want to save some money, you can actually go and buy direct. Now, there are challenges in doing that because um, you're going to deal with cross-cultural things. If you go to Korea, you may not always have someone you're going to be able to communicate as effectively with, and it may take some time, and there's shipping costs and all that. So you have to take that into consideration, and some of them also have minimum orders. Like we just start buying from beauty farmers out of Korea. Their minimum order was 50 bottles, mm -hmm. and for us, that's okay with our salon, but for a single operator, that's not going to be very useful. You're not going to want to do that. But then other places like Beauty Channel, who we bought from in Korea, you can just buy, I think, two or three bottles, and that's okay. And their glue is going to be, I think it's like $15 for a bottle. And for the longest time, a lot of the beauty channel was what everyone was selling because you can see the same bottle, just a different label on it. So this is the idea. You can go on to Alibaba. You can type those names in. Maybe I'll put some of those names um, on Instagram so you can look it up and check it out and see if it's something that you're interested in buying. But otherwise, you can continue to buy locally, too. It's good support American companies, mm -hmm. and the nice thing about them is that you know what you're going to get, and it's going to be timely for the most part, and there's someone to call if there's a problem. It's tough to call Korea when your glue is not working. Okay, well, that wraps up. Or Can do we have one we more thing to say? we just add one thing that we right now, we don't have, we're not doing this to market any products. Yeah. We're not... Our disclaimer. Yeah, yeah we're not doing this. No. We're just doing this to help other lash professionals and people who want to get lashes learn mm -hmm. more. Exactly. There's there's no loyalty here for us to any brand. Um, I think there's lots of great brands, a lot of great companies out there that we've seen and we're getting to know. And mm -hmm. I'm excited to build those relationships and help other people find what's best for them. I think really for us, it's just find the company that you like to work with. If you like their branding, you like their products, you like the people when you're talking to the salespeople, stay with them. Yeah. They're a great company. And if you find someone else that gives you a better deal and you find the same equal service and qualities there... You know, go there. You need to do what's best for your company so you can make a profit. Uh, it doesn't make sense to stay somewhere and pay double the price just because you, you don't want to break your friendship or something with them. You can still be friends even if you don't buy products from them. So I think that's a great idea that, yes, we are not here pushing anything. We don't have our own products to sell as far as products or, you know, lash glue and anything like that. So, and if we do, we'll be very open about that someday. If that does become, we'll just say, hey, by the way, we do sell this, and we'll keep that in mind so you're not just feeling like we're just doing a one-hour pitch on why to buy Integrity Lash Glue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that, I think, wraps up our first-ever podcast. So, Yay! round of applause. Yay. That's our studio audience that's been here <laughs> listening to us this whole time. Thank you. Overall, I'd say it was a great success. Thank you. Um, we would love to continue this discussion on social media. So please follow us on Instagram at Integrity Lash, where you can see what our lash salon is up to. You can also follow our lash professional Instagram account, which is what we're calling it, at Integrity underscore Lash Biz. That is basically an Instagram account that we set up to really focus on sharing tips, insights on the lash industry, and how we run our lash salon. So it's really a chance for you to get a peek on how we do things, and hopefully you can learn a lot from that. We've been doing this for over 11 years now, so we've made every mistake I think possible, I hope. I actually have a film we'll probably make more in our life, but we've made a lot of mistakes, and we will share the good, the bad, and the ugly on that Instagram account. Lastly, we'd love to hear from you, and we've set up a Twitter account. Please follow us at Integrity Lash. You can submit your questions, suggestions, and future for future podcasts there. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>